It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's high time. We had a high time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. And since I'm in the business of canna confidence, I called in a fellow pot nerd who shares my passion for the plant to help us hone our strain selection skills. Brian Bogus is former general manager for the Cannabis, the Denver Post's cannabis paper of record. He now serves as VP of Growth and Marketing for Confident Cannabis a company using data and software to connect cannabis producers, labs, and retailers. Confident Cannabis works with over 40% of the testing labs nationwide in over 16 markets, including Puerto Rico and Canada, showcasing over 8,000 products in their wholesale gallery. Brian has sniffed out quality flour all over the world and is sharing tips for helping us follow our nose to a positive cannabis experience. Pack a bowl of your favorite bud and settle in. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take one. Brad Bogus, thank you so much for joining me in the studio today. Thank you for having me. I mean, you know, you're the VP of marketing for Confident Cannabis yep. and... I'm in the business of can of confidence. So, I mean, it just, it was meant to be. That's we were right. supposed to meet and talk about this. The fates determined, determined it for us. That's right. So if any of you out there listened to Podcast 74, that was the heady flower talk with the data scientist Amos Elberg. Brad here um, was a part of that Connect project that we discussed, the 3D visualization of the thousands of cannabis strains and all of their chemical variants. And Amos left us with more questions than answers. And people like me that believe in the power of terpenes and what they mean and how all of the different chemical components of cannabis, how they all work together. Yeah. When you and I met and started talking, I realized that, you know, we were cut from the same cloth And I thought because you spent so much time building out this visualization using data science with also your anecdotal evidence and and your knowledge of the cannabis space, that you might help us feel better about the choices that we make and and help (laughs) people just get that confidence back around their cannabis selection. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to help. (laughs) I, I, I mean, it's... It's all very um, complicated, you know, Um, and the more we learn about it, and when I mean it, I mean cannabis chemistry, cannabis in general, right? There's so much going on 
the more we learn, the the seemingly more complicated it becomes because we're just we have so much more science to learn about the plant. And so um, what we have visualization into and, and, you know, the basis of data that Amos was speaking from um, is is a deep set of cannabis chemistry data. And for, you know, one of the first times ever. Uh, an organization is able to to take a glimpse at all of that information and all of that data at once and try to make sense of it. Yeah. Um, there's still so much more to discover, and um, and certainly we're way short on the evolutionary cycle to be making any conclusions from this data yet. But there are some interesting things to sort of see. There are interesting questions that emerge whenever you're able to look at it that way. And and so I think that like. I came into Confident Cannabis with a basis of experience and expertise in the cannabis space as a consumer. Um, I was extremely educated personally on what strains work for me, which ones don't. I've bought in five different markets. I've met basically every single type of cannabis producer or cultivator or operator all over the United States. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've been somewhat privileged at my experience at the cannabis to be able to get that access. But what that gained me was this deep knowledge on a personal level. And so coming into this project, I was able to really benchmark like some of what we were learning and and even, you know, some of the questions that we were asking, I could ask of myself, knowing my personal experience and then try to get to the best possible answer as to what does work for me, what might work for others, how might I be able to choose options when I go to buy cannabis flower, which I love and adore so deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wh- where can I find deeper appreciation and love for the cannabis flower that I experience by having a chemistry knowledge to pair with it? And so I can, I think I can make sense of this. I think I can maybe put everyone back at ease a little yeah. because I can assure you, I love cannabis as much as you do. And I don't think we're anywhere close to being able to make any conclusive statements about what is or isn't happening yet. Yeah. And, you know, and I appreciate that all of this data collection, it is, it's painting a big picture. It is helping us with our long game. That's right. But you, we live in the now. It is right now. I'm smoking right now. That's right. So I wanted to kind of shift it back to, okay, so then now how do we make better choices or feel more confident in our <clears throat> cannabis selection right now? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, I'm going to tell you the way I went through my own discovery process here because – um, as you know, we both grew up in Texas, right? Texas yes. is not a great place to explore options for cannabis. No. <laughs> you buy what you get, you buy what the dealer has. Um, if you're lucky, they have options. I happen to be really lucky Me too. in my situation and my, my guy would have options, sometimes as many as six options. And I was yeah. like, Oh my God, I can choose by strain name. Oh my this God. It was so fun. Yeah. And like, but, this is from California. This is from Colorado. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but whenever I moved into Denver, um, I, I had sort of kid in a candy shop syndrome about cannabis buying. So I was like, holy shit, I have options. I can ask questions. I can like know things about what's going on and I can uh, try new things that I've never heard of before. And so, um, so I quickly sort of, you know, experienced a bunch of different places and I found the one, um, cultivator and shop that I wanted to like shop at regularly. Um, I was also, again, privileged to be able to have like toured their grow. So I knew that they grew really good quality cannabis. They were very consistent, data driven, and they had a good social cause. And I was like, those are, those are my guys. So I would go and I would shop at this store, um, every single week and you could buy an ounce of weed there broken up into eight different eights. So I could get any different, you know, eight different options sometimes as much as I'd like, um, every time I'd buy an ounce. So what that what that meant was I get to go home and I for every different type of uh, of strain I had bought, I could mark what they made me feel like whenever we tried them. And my wife and I had different reactions to the same cannabis. So mm-hmm. we learned first and foremost, brain chemistry matters, right? Yes, yes. Um, if brain chemistry matters and brain chemistry dictates a different reaction to certain strains, then we can already sort of rule out the idea that we can tell somebody you're going to feel X, Y, or Z on this. And I knew it had to be a personal discovery. So I started making little notes on every single jar that we got. Um, and we would go through an ounce about every two weeks. So I'm going through eight strains every two weeks and making little marks on them and then rebuying the same strains and trying them again and seeing how they make me feel again. And through this process of just sort of diaring and or diaring journaling uh, mm-hmm. of my cannabis experience, 
I learned to avoid certain smells and certain flavors because I knew they would cause adverse reactions. Mm -hmm. So I get geeked out really easy on strains that make most people productive and focused. And so if they're gassy or if they have any diesel or if they have any terpenaline, which is like a really uh, high pine saw kind Mm -hmm. of cleanser uh, smell, um, if they're orangey. Um, a lot of people gravitate to those types of strains for productivity during the workday. They, they give me like tight chest. Yeah, you me know? too. Um, me too. I have to microdose them for sure because right. I do still enjoy them. Yeah, you still want to get some raciness, but mm-hmm. you don't want it to feel like it's hard to breathe. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, I totally get that. And I love to smell orange strains. I just know not to smoke them. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I learned that through Blow this process. Blow it in my face. <laughs> <laughs> What I also learned were that the dark berry flavor profiled uh, strains and the spicier strains and the earthier strains and the skunkier strains all generally made me feel the way I wanted to feel, which was focused and uh, productive because it slows my brain down. I I, I probably would have Ritalin if I was ADD, right? But I was uh, born probably before that whole craze really began, right. so I never got diagnosed with yeah, ADD. Yeah, that was a hit whenever it was recreationally available to me, <laughs> right? if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Um, but uh, so so these, these strains that people classically call, you know, I'm putting air quotes in the air, indicas or, um, you know, couch lock strains are the strains that actually allow me to slow down and focus enough to be productive. Mm-hmm. And those strains I really love whenever I'm high on them. They give me a good body high. Like I just feel happy. I feel levitated. And in all of this process, I learned through uh, through this little symboling, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, pluses and pluses and pluses and minuses and minuses and minuses. Yeah, and I have stars. a dosage tracker that I created with a little emoji face stickers. Yes. That way you could be like, okay, yeah, this one helped me focus or this one made me panicky or this one made right. me paranoid or made me sleepy. That's great. Yeah. So that you don't have to like remember your own little <laughs> exactly. hieroglyphic yeah. key code. It was a little <laughs> it was a little specific, but you know, uh, whatever works, right? All you need to do is just document, right? Act yeah. like your own clinical researcher and um and just try a number of different things. Like the number one thing I want to stress to to new uh, cannabis users is to not get discouraged because it's easy to get discouraged. You might try something and it gives you a bad reaction. But like, let's not forget, this is how we get through almost all inebriants. When we first start drinking, it makes us throw up. Like that's not a, a good reaction. That's right. not what we're looking for. But we fight through it. And then, yeah, you, you have know. to learn what a dose of liquor is versus a dose right. of wine versus a dose of beer. Absolutely. Like, same thing. Absolutely. So just gear up for that, right? Let uh, You know, y- you see a lot of movies of people being like, oh, I'm so stoned. I'm happy. And da, da. we're all laughing and giggling. And if they don't get that reaction, maybe they might think like the whole thing is busted. Right. So, yeah. you know, it, it, don't be discouraged the first or second time you get through it and, and just try a variety of things based on the names that give an indication of what it should smell and taste like, because that's the easiest way to benchmark whether you're mm-hmm. getting different, different strains, if they smell differently. Right. And yeah. you know that they should smell the way they should smell. Right. No, that is a good point. So making sure that you have you actively experiment with a strain that's got a heavy berry profile and one that has a heavy citrus profile and an earthy one. Okay. And then that way you can really see which, what your body does with each of those. One of them, it might make you sleepy or anxious or productive. That's, I think that's a good experiment to start out with. Right. And then once you figure out the hell knows, then you can find out your nuances with the yeses. Absolutely. Yeah. And and the funny thing is, is this is actually cannabis exploration in the chemistry, right? What you're doing is dividing up the chemistry of the cannabis market based on certain qualities of smell and flavor that are determined by the terpenes. And those mm-hmm. proportions of terpenes are very much about the compounds that are in each of those particular plants, right? So it, it's it's sort of a, you know, uh, I don't want to put it, I don't want to say dumb, but it's like a, a dumbed down it's version simple, of, yeah, it's a very it's simple way. simplifying the science because your nose is always with you. That's right. Yes. And there's an adage that says your nose knows, right? Well, there there was a theory that's based on your nose knows, which is that if you smell a strain and it lights your brain up and makes you smile, most likely that's a strain that's going to be compatible with what your brain desires. Mm-hmm. Or if you smell it and your brain rejects it and it makes your face crinkle and you're just like, I don't really like the way that smells, then you probably also won't like the way you feel on it, right? That was mm-hmm. the theory. 
I, I truly believe that in it, w- within the nose, within these terpenes, you're unlocking whatever uh, smells exist in that particular plant, which are informing on the chemistry. I happen to know exactly which terpenes are, are, are which smells to a, a, some degree. I mean, there's mm-hmm. 220 of them, so it's hard to know exactly. And I'm not some perfumist expert, right? But, right. Um, but I do know really uh, a deep amount of each of the names of the terpenes for each of the smells that I unlock. But I don't need to know those names. It doesn't really matter, right? Mm-hmm. Because I've already done the experience or the um, experiment on myself, and I've already learned which smells and which flavors uh, lend to the right experiences. Right. What I'm not necessarily benchmarking here yet is um, potencies of cannabinoids. Mm -hmm. I'm just talking about the smells and the flavors, right? Right. But there's also this like major lever in how our experience I talk about this a lot. That is in the cannabinoid potency. Mm -hmm. So uh, whether that's a, um, you know, a low potency, but a diverse uh, cannabinoid profile or an extremely high THC potency, which to a certain extent as an experience might obliterate the terpenes out of the equation and just be way too much cannabinoid. Yeah, you have to microdose to do these experiments. Yes. I mean, period. In fact, I will include a a terpene wheel in the show notes so that everyone can kind of get an idea because it can be mind-blowing, all the different smells and, and flavors But one of the things that I did recently was we were just smoking Huckleberry Hill Farms, uh, Paradise Punch, I believe. The The, best sweet on the planet. Oh, my God. It's so good. (laughs) So the other day I had smoked Huckleberries before my meditation. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time that I had used that before a meditation. And it was amazing. Yeah. And so, I, you know, because I know the farmer, I sent him a text message and I'm like, can you please send me the terpene profile for this huckleberries. Yeah. Because I wanted to then see like, okay, so I already know that this berry flavor works for me, this berry smell, but let's specifically see which one of these terpenes are really good for me, like being really in the flow, in my body, being able to relax without the interruption. Do you remember what they were? Um, that it was really high in beta caryophylline. Yeah. And, um, and beta pinene. Yep. In fact, I still have it. I'll have to look that up. But there it was might one be of those. A touch of linalool in there as well. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> you can see the screenshot. You have to zoom in. Oh wow! Tell me what you're seeing. I yeah. handed over the. <laughs> I handed over the screenshot. Um. Okay. So, um, you know, it it's high in beta myrcene, which is uh one of the most Typical. present mm-hmm. terpenes in in all uh cannabis. Uh, it's high in valencine. Um, yes, yes, yes. And that's why I was like, oh, maybe that's why I love clementine so much. Because mm-hmm. I bet clementine is high in valencine, and right. that's a terpene that isn't talked about a lot. No, not at all. It's one of the. Uh, well, I don't know if I want to say it's a minor terpene, but it's one of the the lesser known. Um, it is, uh, also high in limonene, which is something I would also expect. Uh, and then a little bit of, uh, the alpha beta pinenes in there to kind of balance it out a little bit for a little bit of that, um, berry f- smell high in beta caryophylline, which is where you're getting a lot of the spiciness and then a pretty good amount of little, like I said, expected, um, which what I found is when you get a berry profile, there tends to be a balance of most of those terpenes, although valencine is one that kind of throws me for a loop. I haven't seen that one yet. Well, that's Which fun. might make it one of those things that's a little bit special. Yeah, right? so I'll make sure I send you home with a nug so you can oh, play with it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I uh, So uh, recently was at Meadowlands, and I brought um, uh, Johnny's Fruit Loops with me and had rolled a whole bunch of joints that I just kind of kept in my little joint tin. And they did a, um, a guided sound bath meditation, and I'm typically terrible at meditation. I just don't know how to do it. Um, I've I've been told how to, and I've, I try <laughs> I know, to practice. I'm smiling at, it. at you right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to like lock myself into a closet for sensory deprivation to even get somewhere close to where I need to be in my head to meditate. So anyway, fast forward to this sound bath. I was like at the last tail end of the 15 minutes before it was over, uh, but I ran over underneath a tree and I laid down, and I had just smoked a joint of that stuff. 
And um, immediately I was able to like very powerfully meditate and transform myself into an eagle and like soar above the the redwood forest where we were. (laughs) And I was able to explore the landscape in different places that I knew were out there at the camp. And I was just flying around and fucking uh, zoomed down through the river and then like popped back up into my body, like right at the very end of the sound bath. And that's outstanding. It was perfect. (laughs) That's so cool. So big ups to Johnny. Yeah, thanks, Johnny. So now that we digressed like I always do, but it was a helpful digression. These are the sorts of experiments that you need to do if you want to like really hone in and find the cannabis that works for you. And and the thing that I always like to preach too is you're not gonna have one strain that you use all the time. Right. You know, there should be some some variety in the strains that you use and the time of day and and Absolutely. the circumstance, you know, your set and setting sitch. I like to have a good four options at least. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there, there are so many different needs uh, that we will have for, you know, how we need cannabis to make us feel. It's never really a binary or even like a single use kind of thing. Like, it's not like I just need to relax all the time. Like, what if you got a bunch of people coming over, right? You don't need to relax then, do you? Yeah. You probably want to be social, right? Well, there's a little bit of a different need. What if you feel nauseated? There's a different need, right? So there are all these different things that happen in our bodies and uh, they affect the way that our relationship with each individual individual strain is. So we need to, to have variety and know a little bit more about ourselves. I mean, I think everybody should experiment on themselves with their diets. I think they should do this with the the, the way they smoke weed. I mean, there's so much that you can learn about yourself mm-hmm. and your own chemistry just by uh, becoming familiar and experimenting. Yeah, and, and just being curious. That's right. That curiosity um, allows you to really unlock what makes cannabis so special. And then if you're able to then use a tool like Connect, which is what we've built to to sort of help at least expose what the cannabis chemistry looks like in full and the different variations that you can expect there, um, then you can start to to explore further with that you know deeper curiosity. You can start to fill in more blanks or or try different things. So you know uh, my experiment started with finding uh, strains that had you know very flavorful. Uh, names, blueberry muffins and lemon tree and, you know, cherry mm-hmm. pie. Um, but then I was able to try, um, you know, once I was, w- once I had access to connect, I could try things like Obama Kush or rude boy or, you know, <laughs> uh, things that, that the names, like, I was like, I don't, what is rude boy? Is that going to yeah. make me feel rude? What does I don't a rude wanna... boy taste like? Exactly. Like shit. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like a little twat. I just not really. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the right kind of smell or taste I'm looking for, right? I, uh, I, 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 it's not indicative of a flavor at all, right? So mm-hmm. how do you really know if that's going to be the same as blueberry muffins? You don't. So, um, so the, 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 the connect tool really is going to give you a deeper understanding of what these terpene and cannabinoid profiles look like with the strains that you know you like. And once you've made that understanding, then you can try all the things that are around the things that you like mm-hmm. that have crazy weird names. And um, and you can go find those on the shelves of your local stores and see how those make you feel. And then, you know, again, keep a journal. Does that make you feel exactly as you expected? You know, I was able to do this experiment on Connect with Blackberry Kush, which I know generally tastes and smells the same just about anywhere you go because mm-hmm. it's called Blackberry. Um so I found Blackberry Cushion Connect and nearby in Oregon, I found examples of pineapple fields and mango kush, which have descriptively different smells and flavors in the right. names. So I was like, well, that's weird. I wonder if they'll make me feel exactly the same. So I went to Oregon and I found those exact strains on shelves at two different stores. Um, and lo and behold, they were perfect. They, they gave me the exact effect I was looking for. I like um, that. So that connect is a, a great travel companion. Correct. Absolutely. I love that because yeah. I, I was just in Calgary and Portland and Vancouver and I knew about connect, but I didn't connect the fucking dots and use it. <laughs> oh my God. I'm well, you could have used myself. it in Oregon, but yeah, we don't have any information coming out of Canada enough to a degree that we could help you there. Okay. Also, the Canadian market's a little weird. Uh, it is strange. I spent some time in gray market and the licensed dispensaries and- I left both places still not sure what the fuck I was smoking, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah. you just can't read the label right? in the license store. And then in the gray market, it was just one of those things like, 
you know, I didn't bring, I didn't want to buy a grinder and a piece and, right, right. you know, I'm not going to do that. So I just wasn't going to make an investment. I was like, just give me pre-rolls. But it was like Indica Sativa Hybrid. Yep. We have no idea what's what strains are in them. Jeez. You know, and it came in a little cute little tiny Ziploc baggie, just like the old days. Yeah. And you left like, oh, yeah. I just went to my drug dealer. My drug dealer <laughs> didn't come to me. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, that is uh that's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, you could have used it when you were in Portland for sure. It does help you whenever you're traveling and especially if you're going to Nevada because Nevada requires terpene testing on uh all products. Oh, I dig that. Yeah. My parents love going to Vegas. I should just meet them there and have a while they're, you know, playing cards, I can go right? explore dispensaries. Exactly. I bought this Kong when I was in Portland. Yeah, it's from Nectar. Mhm. Um I'll have to look it up. Oh, it's Meraki Gardens. Yeah, Meraki Gardens is a pretty popular cultivator in Oregon. Mm. I'd probably enjoy being high on that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I thought we, after us describing what we liked and yeah. and what we didn't like, I was like, oh, I think he'd like everything I have on my shelf here. Yeah. I get a, so I get a lot of beta caryophylline out of that. I get a, a couple, um, I want to call it awesomeine, maybe earthier kind of terpenes in there. Um, there's a little sweetness. So I'm sure that's probably some beta myrcene. Yeah. And when I get that floral note, mm. what, which, what is that? Geraniol. Okay. Most likely. I mean, there's a number of them. It could also be Alpha Bisabolo, which has a little bit of a... Talk nerdy to me. (laughs) (laughs) I've already so many weird words. I love it. But yeah, Bisabolo is actually... um, Check out this cola, by the way. I did notice how big that was. You can see I've pinched off of it. You know, but I like to pinch from the bottom up because I have OCD and I like the flower to stay pretty. Yeah, me too. Me too. I did the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I'm not going to lie. I mean, uh, I believe that Huckleberry Hill Farms creates the single best cannabis strain on the planet. But I believe Oregon as a state produces the best weed in the world as a market. And it's incredible. Like the stuff that they're able to grow there, the climate, the the sun-grown cannabis out of Oregon, it's Napa Valley Cabernet. It is like true terroir, the the most perfect combination of uh, environmental um, uh, materials coming together to make the most perfect cannabis with people who have something as much as like 40 years worth of experience. You know. Okay, so here's the thing. People in Oregon were telling me that. Yeah. Of course, it's hard to believe because you're like, sure, sure, sure. So Everybody much, I know toots engine. their own horn. But to hear you, someone who is from Texas, uh-huh. who has spent their career getting to know the plant and like really diving in on a very deep level and learning about it. I yep. feel like now I'm listening. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. So I can tell you my my first day in Oregon, I was in Medford and I was attending the Oregon Retailer Cannabis Association meeting and their executive director, Casey Houlihan, uh, came up and told me, Oregon weed is the best weed in the world. And I was like, Casey, come on, dude. Everyone says their weed is the best shit in the world. Please. I've had some of the most amazing weed on this planet. I just left Johnny's farm. So I'm like, I've just encountered the best strain of weed on this planet. You're not going to tell me that Oregon's got the best weed in the world. He's like, just trust me. Over time, I'm going to prove this to you. But Oregon has the best weed in the world. I was like, all right. I mean, you're part of a trade group. So clearly you want to challenge accepted. Right. No doubt. Um, Hand me over your free weed. Yep. And (laughs) and lo and behold, over the course of however many months that I was able to tour all of these different grows, and uh, I was able to judge the Oregon Sun Growers uh, uh, Guild terpene cups, um, where all 14 entries were mind-blowingly amazing strains of cannabis grown out in the sun of Southern Oregon. Um, You know, it took maybe six months or so, and I came around and I told Casey, I was like, dude. When you told me that, I thought you were full of shit. Everyone tells me that shit whenever I come anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, I have to hand it to you, man. Oregon's got the best weed in the world as a market. I, I got to hand it to you. All right. So it, no, no hate on California. The no, Emerald but Triangle. I am going to go do a tour now, an Oregon tour. Yeah. The, 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 best, the best of what the Emerald Triangle has to offer is equal to the best of what Oregon has to offer. It's all the same sort of mm-hmm. region. You know, call it right, the Emerald exactly. region if you want, mm-hmm. right? But California is a very large state and there's a lot of trash cannabis coming out of the state. 
And it's not all as good as what happens in the Emerald Triangle. There's yeah. something special happening up there and, and certainly just north of the yeah. border. So we can just say the whole that the Pacific Northwest. Correct. Okay. Correct. It's just a perfect, uh, perfect cannabis region. You know, nice. y- you can hardly get better. Right on. All right. So when we've got listeners who are trying to, you know, figure out best products, strains, all of that good stuff. So we've kind of given them some experiments, some some ways to shop and yeah. then to track. What would be their next step if they're then, you know, because at that point you start feeling like you're getting a little bit more sophisticated. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, step one is picking descriptive strains, lemons, cherries, blueberries, mangoes, see where that gets you when you journal it, right? Step two, keep a journal constantly of all your different experiments of how it makes you feel and what the effects are and what the smells and flavors you're recording are so that you can really navigate. And also the side effects, like I got dry mouth or my eyes were burning. Absolutely. Or, you know, so you want to know how it made you feel, but then you also want to make sure you're saying how it made you not want to feel that way. Cause then when you are in that situational bit of like, Oh, I have to get my picture made with my family. I shouldn't smoke that strain because my eyes are going to be bloodshot. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's exactly right. Um, this is how I learned that, uh, orange strains make me stressed out, but lemon strains don't make me stressed out, but they do make me classically stoned. Like I'll like really stupid comedies whenever I'm yeah. on lemon strains. So I know not to do that whenever I'm around people that I want to appear smart to, right? Like that's when I'm like I me should... today. Exactly. Now I'm going <laughs> to stick over to my berry side for, for, for these types of conversations. But if we were going to be, you know, goofing around and trying to make this a real big comedy bit, I would have smoked a lemon strain and then, you know, I'd be kind of, I'd be pretty funny. Um, so, uh, so that, that, that's how you learn those specific effects. Um, so once you have a sense of what works and what doesn't, what makes you feel good and what doesn't make you feel good. And you know enough about it to at least say, you know, these types of smells and flavors indicate these types of effects. Then crack into um, other strains, start experimenting further. So step three is to get more sophisticated in our strain selection. That's right. So find things that are chemically similar and you can use Connect today for this very use case right now. Um, and you and just, how do we get to connect? So you go to connect.confidentcannabis.com. It's available for free. Um, it's a, it's a, so it's on our website as a, a header link, but um, you can always go to it and bookmark it and then use it as a reference point. Because what you can do is just, you know, uh, search the name for the strains that you know make you feel good, right? So if you're based in Colorado, you can deselect all the other states and say, okay, this is just for Colorado or this is just for California or just for Oregon. Um, and you can search for that strain that you know makes you you feel, you know, let's say giddy, right? And that's lemon tree. So do a search for lemon tree, hit enter. It's going to take you to that area of connect. And then... Um, and it looks like you're in outer space and there's clusters of stars all together. And so you can click on it and kind of move it around. So it, it's an interesting kind of 3D feel to it. So, right. you know, you feel... It kind of feels weird when you're first getting started, but, you know, just... Yeah, you can the navigation's zoom in, zoom on the out. left. You can yeah. rotate. It, it is in and of itself just a big 3D object with a whole bunch of dots in the middle. Um, so, uh, so get oriented with it. But once you do this and you find a strain that you like and you can zoom in on that area, you can zero out the search field and it highlights all the strains around it. And then you can start opening up a whole bunch of different um, of the dots around you that are available in that state and looking at the chemistries compared to the strain that you liked. Right. So if you know, again, like lemon tree makes you feel great and you have lemon tree open in, in connect, you're already able to see the imprint of lemon tree and what makes it special. And you'll probably see, um, you know, a high amount of uh, limonene. You'll see a high amount of myrcene. Um, you'll probably see a little bit of terpenaline. Um, you'll probably see a touch of, you know, alpha beta pinenes, um, you know, but you're not going to see a lot of linalool and you're not going to see a lot of beta caryophylline, right? These are just things that I probably Mm -hmm. am going to know just based on its smell alone. And then when you click on a bunch of different strains around it, you might find something like alien dog potentially, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe we find it has the exact same cannabis chemistry as it does. So you can go try that strain next time you go out and find it, right? So that get into the, the, the third ring of exploration 
because once you get to this ring of expiration, I don't know why I'm calling it that all of a sudden, but <laughs> once you get there, it works. right? You, you've made the leap from, I know this smell makes me feel good to, I know exactly what's going on with this type of can, uh, chemistry, you know, uh, uh, profile. And I know that that profile itself is generating the positive results that I want. Right. So instead of having one option, now I have six. Exactly. And so you my know one exactly option, why yeah. those are good options. Right. And you'll be able to then, gosh, if we want to get even further, then you can pull up your Leafly or Weed Maps or I use Leafly because I like the interface. Sure. And then you can type the name of that strain into Leafly and yep. see which dispensaries in whatever city Absolutely. or state you're in carry it. So right. You can do all of this detective work at home and yep. then go shop with a purpose right? and feel good faster. That's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, essentially, at no point along this way do you need to learn what a terpene is, right? Yeah. Like, that's not required to be able to find out what cannabis works for you and doesn't work for you. I didn't know what the exact terpene profiles were of the cannabis that made me feel good or didn't make me feel good before I started working with Confident Cannabis. Yeah. But since interacting with connect and, and all of the data that, it, that provides, um, you know, the source of information here, I've learned such an amazing amount of cannabis science. And also I'm, uh, we have a whole bunch of different isolated terpenes in our office that I'm able to like smell and become familiar with mm -hmm. each of those individual compounds. So I know how to detect them in the smell of a, of a strain. Yeah. You know, I have a set of those and it's, you know, it's the basics, Yep. but I need to keep them out because, you know, when totally. people come in the studio, they... It's like they're in a museum. They're just like poking around looking at everything. Yeah. But I need to have those out so people can play with them. It's really good because people will say things like, you know, um, uh, pining will smell like pine trees, but it, it doesn't really. You know what I mean? Like there's a it has a, a slightly different kind of smell to it. That's a, a little bit more bitter um, and, and definitely not like the sweet pine sap that you smell when you go in the forest. That's right. actually a mixture of many different terpenes mm -hmm. to make that smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh -huh. And so it's good to be able to actually know what each individual terpene smells like because mm – -hmm. Whenever people say, like, here are the different scent icons that go with these terpenes, it's not exactly the most descriptive, and it can lead you to believe, you know, different things. So um, so you don't necessarily have to learn this stuff, but if you really want to learn this stuff, it, it makes cannabis so much more interesting and fun, in my opinion. Um, ooh, what am I looking yeah, at here? So I created a resource guide um, a couple of years ago to teach myself all of this stuff. Yeah. And so I do have, you know, a, a little chart. I'll include this in the show notes, too. So you'll have the terpene wheel so that you can explore, but then also reference, okay, what do these terpenes, what are their medical significance? What can they do for me? Sure. So so here's one thing I want to point out, like beta-caryophylline, right? We mm -hmm. talk about it being sort of like a peppery smell. Mm -hmm. If you actually smell beta-caryophylline, it almost smells like pure nutmeg oil. You know, it's so funny because whenever I was creating this, it's like, okay, it smells like a few different things. Like, right. how do you choose the one? Because, you know, this goes on to a chart. This is the process that yes. makes it so hard. Yeah. yeah. This is, we're explaining exactly like what goes into choosing which of these icons we use because it's really hard to mm -hmm. choose any one or, or, or even three that perfectly translate to someone who has never smelled beta caryophylline before. Well, and that's why the flavor wheel is so great right. because it may start with this kind of basic, but it builds to where you, you know, just like a, a tasting wheel for exactly. wine. Yeah. Yeah. So like understanding this level of the information and getting into this level of the science, you can sort of become your own weed sommelier if you want. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So while you don't need to learn the science, learning it is super interesting. And it's going to be the basis for a whole lot of research moving forward on cannabis. So you can kind of get ahead of the curve when it comes to knowing what's happening with cannabis in the most, you know, cutting edge of the medical world, right? Yeah. So, so well, and, and when we talk about learning it, though, you know, it's like, okay, it's not like this takes a shit ton of effort. No. We're talking about smelling the weed you're about to smoke and yep. then looking at a flavor wheel and seeing which terpenes those are. I mean, it's right. just like, to me, it's like... It's a little bit of cross-referencing, yeah, really. Yeah, it's like a couple of minutes, you jot down a note, yep. and, and then you don't have to have an on-again, off-again relationship with cannabis, it can always be good. That's right. It can be the best relationship in your life. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't go into every single experience completely blind 
ask questions if someone's handing you weed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just takes a little bit of exploration and a little bit of experimentation and you can get through so much and, and really like you're, you're just unlocking the tools in your body that already serve to give us information on chemistry. Like it's our own scientific detection tools. Yeah. And are built in and we're able to use them. And so just use them. Right. Yeah, and totally. Like record some information down. Like it's super simple. Okay. Totally. So now we're going to just, we're winding down. I want to shift gears and ask you a cultural question. Please. You smoke all the time. You know, it's a daily part of my life. Mm-hmm. So when I'm, I'm out in a group of people, I don't necessarily just want to take a joint that somebody's handing me or they're like, yeah. you know, taking a hit off of their vape pen and they're passing around and everybody just smokes it. Right. And then it comes to me and then I have questions. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Well, what strain is this? Like, where did this come from? Like, who's the farmer? Yeah. And I feel like an asshole. Sure. <laughs> but I also am like, I'm about to go walk into a conference. I don't want to have like a tight chest totally. or have a racy heart or... You know, get herpes on my lip. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. A whole lot of things can go wrong there. I totally hear. Um, but so what do you do in that situation? Like, are you somebody that's like, yeah, you'll always just smoke what's what's ever in the smoke circle? Um, so I recently uh just felt ill with a uh sinus infection and it was probably the longest I've been sick and is as long as I can remember my entire life. I, I'm usually only down for like a day and a half, two days. I was sick for like six days and that's insane. And in that, I thought about the fact that I had just come from Meadowlands and was, you know, sharing joints with everybody without asking questions. Cause normally I just don't, I'm like, whatever, fuck it. I'll smoke it. It's fine. Um, and I also know that I have like a high coping mechanism when it comes to weed. So even if I have like a weed that stresses me out, I can still, you know, yes, reverse I, course yeah. if I need, Yeah, me too. you know, so I, I, it's not such a high risk that I'm like worried about it, but honestly, I'm going to start saying no a lot more often. And, um, and, and it's okay to just politely decline, you know, like it, that's easier in my opinion than asking a whole bunch of questions, but sometimes you can read the room and, and, yeah. and learn certain people are really happy to answer those questions. Right. And trust me I don't always I'm not always the nerdy bitch in the room asking all the questions mm-hmm. typically I'm just like oh you know I, I've already hit my pin I don't want to totally I feel good right, right, right. I'm already yes. casually I, I'm already where I need to be mm-hmm. and everyone's gonna be totally fine with that yeah. be like oh whatever you suck you know yeah I did at one event pass because somebody had grown something yeah they brought their personal flower yep. as a gift to me and yeah. I had just smoked it and I was like, no, I need to experience That's this right. pot, you know, and I had the conversation about, you know, being a single strain yep. experimenter. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So whatever. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, you know, um, I, I think that to a certain extent, people feel this like social pressure that exists in uh, cannabis circles that is self-imposed, but uh, but like it's assumed that it's coming from the outside in, right? Like we assume that people you know, want to pressure us to smoke just because they might hand us a joint and everybody else is smoking it. But I've never been in a circle where somebody declined, uh, you know, a a joint and someone got offended with them about it. Right. Yeah. So I I think this is sort of, you know, self-imposed social anxiety that we all sort of feel there that we should be really happy just taking a deep breath and relaxing and knowing that we can decline anything we like. You know what I mean? We don't need to drink with everybody at the bar. We don't need to accept a joint in every circle. Yeah. We can be okay on our gummies or whatever it is yeah. that gets us there, right? Like yeah. it's totally fine. Well, and when I was in Calgary, I was talking to the parents of a grower. I was at a 420 gathering at their house and you know, there was tons of weed everywhere, obviously. But I was talking to them about how when I'm out, I just smoke. And if somebody wants some, I want them to ask me for it because I don't want anybody to ever feel like they're receiving any sort of pressure from me to smoke. Yeah. And so my rule when I go out, I'm like, I'm smoking. If anyone is interested, you know, just let me know. Right. And so I think that is a modern PC way of being, you know, a cannabis smoker because Everybody's got their own thing. We're all precious snowflakes. <laughs> indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Brad, thanks so much for hanging out with me. Is there anything that you want to add that we left out? I always want to make sure yeah, that you actually, feel like... Um, there, There is one thing I want to really uh, dig into, just because I know that we've been talking about 
you know, how to make choices with cannabis flower and what to be looking for and how to understand the chemistry. And while I said to a certain extent, you know, there's a lot to be said about the potency of the cannabinoids, I, I do want to get one point across and, and hopefully, you know, your listeners can sort of start to think around this topic. And that is the idea that chasing THC potency to its highest possible potential is a game of folly, right? Yeah, This totally. is not the cannabis experience we're talking about here. Some people might want to get the most potent cannabis for whatever medical condition they need. And if that works, great. Like I'm not disparaging high THC numbers by any means for the sake of just being contrary. Sure, they have their purpose. Right. But, but when you look at the application of cannabis and we look at the, um, the intended effects that we're all trying to find, whatever mm -hmm. that might be, what we have found across the board, there's not a single person I know who will disagree with this in the entire cannabis industry or scientific community. We have found is that a diversity of low potency cannabinoids is generating a way better result and a way better outcome, you know, with, with terpenes combined, right? You know, just getting a nice uh, mid percentage kind of THC with some CBD and CBG and CBN you know, just a nice diverse cannabinoid profile in that cannabis and a high terpene profile, it is always generating the most, you know, positive results. Um, in fact, one-to-one -one cannabis strains generally tend to make people the happiest. Yes. Right? Well, because in nature, before we started dicking around with it, that's how it was. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and this isn't really all that shocking, I think. It doesn't sound like I'm like you know, unlocking some sort of weird key mystery by saying this, it sounds actually pretty obvious. The more cannabinoids, the better, right? But but not necessarily the most potent, the cannabinoid, the better, right? Right. And, you know, and it's a great point and it's absolutely true. It's just going to come down to the dispensaries providing that labeling and that information That's or correct. the, <clears throat> sorry, manufacturers, distributors, it has to start there so yes. that the consumers can can shop that way. Because right, right now there are only select dispensaries that will include the terpene profiles. You know, it costs right. extra on the testing and it's not sure. required. That's absolutely right. It is on the industry to give the consumers, you know, better ways to shop. But then in the meantime, it's on the consumer to do that extra homework. Yeah, the the there's a chicken and egg problem that happens in the industry here where when you talk to uh, retailers and you ask them about these questions, they say, well, consumers are buying this. So for the time being, I'm sort of hamstrung to what the consumers are demanding. And so they won't move until the consumers make a demand that's different, right? But then like, you Did know, you hear that, people? But consumers, like going to retail stores, only know so much of what they're being presented, right? Exactly. Because that's the front line of education. So right. it's like, no retailers, you actually also have to step to the table and start moving the needle here a bit. Yeah. And it's happening a little bit in Oregon at some stores like Sarah and Pharma, but yeah. uh, it's not nearly as pervasive as it needs to be. One of the things- That's why I stand in the middle and I just rattle both cages all <laughs> yeah, the time. Right? Yeah, I'm as like, you everybody should. everybody listen to me. We just need to start demanding <laughs> this stuff, you know? And, um, and, and so one of the things that we we try to do as a company is, you know, we also work with all these test results um, and we provide QR codes to all those test results um, in a really nice format that is easy for anybody to be able to understand what they're seeing. Um, we're really trying to, uh, as much as we can, move the needle on getting producers to understand that providing access to test results is a very important and very um, uh, powerful brand position to make. And giving that information over to their consumers, when you do um, uh, get terpene test results, you get a higher price per pound for your cannabis. And so people know that this is a mark of quality, mm -hmm. right? And in Oregon, a whole lot of people are doing it because the consumer is very educated there and they demand more quality product and to know what's going on in their mm -hmm. cannabis. You know, Nevada forces it as the only regulatory environment that does so. And I'd like to see more. But in the meantime, uh, brands do sometimes uh, know that this is the mark of quality and they should include their test results in all of their labeling because giving that information over to the consumer is only going to empower them and make them choose to buy uh, cannabis at a higher price. Absolutely. Preach. Yeah. And you, when you said that, a thought popped into my head. I just read that Oregon, the state of Oregon, is going to be able to export cannabis 
Yeah, they just passed the export bill, which has been yes. a major effort in uh, Oregon. Big ups to uh, uh, Adam Smith with the Craft Cannabis Alliance and also uh, Jesse and Casey from Orca, uh, who have been major proponents of that. Um, the next step for what they need to do to get export out of the state is uh, a move of the federal government, which isn't really a big move that's required. Um, something like the Cole Memo, just a, you know, another Justice Department edict that states that they are not going to touch you know, cannabis, and they're going to leave the wills of the states to the states, uh, is all it's going to take for them to then start making unilateral uh, um, export agreements with different states like, you know, California or potentially Nevada, um, you know. Uh, Which is going to help tremendously because. So much. I mean, that's why I keep telling you people, you need to get to vacation in Oregon now while yes. the prices are so cheap. So you can get this, the highest quality bud in the world at the cheapest price you can right get now. a $40 ounce in Oregon. A $40 ounce. That's worth the plane ride. Like fucking ounces in California are sometimes 400 an ounce. Like, <sighs> holy shit. Yeah. You know, and some of those $40 ounces are bomb. You know, if you spend <laughs> yeah. $100 on an ounce, like you're going to get incredible mind-blowing weed. It's so it's fun. insane. So yeah, it's really good for consumers right now. Uh, not so great for cultivators. Right, but, but that's why when I saw that legislation, I was like, okay, this right. is exciting. Like they, they're thinking outside of the box. They're trying to figure it out. It's like, yes. how can we make this work for us? And yes. I love that. How do we get the best weed in the world out to the world? That's yeah. what it was doing before the regulated market. And then yeah. since the regulated market all got trapped within the state, mm -hmm. there's just not enough people to smoke all that great weed in Oregon. Yeah. Right. So like, let it out. You know what I mean? We got to get. Yeah. Stop hotboxing the car. Exactly. Right. Yeah. No <laughs> doubt. Because they've got six and a half years of oversupply to 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 help the nation experience. You know what I mean? Let's get it out of there. Amen. Well, this has been so much fun. I've had a blast. Yeah. Let's finish smoking that joint and then get you to the airport. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready to trust your nose and sniff out your optimum cannabis experience? Be sure to check the podcast 93 show notes at casuallybakes.com for your terpene flavor wheel and other resources to expand your can of confidence. If you feel empowered from what you learned today and know someone trying to make sense of the cannabis selection process, I hope you'll pass along this episode of the podcast. And stay tuned next week. We're concentrating on concentrates and the extraction process. I'll be in Austin, Texas soon for work, family, and play and have a couple of live podcast tapings in the works. They'll be held in private venues, so if you're in or around the ATX and are interested in attending, message me by Wednesday, July 3rd. DM me on social at casuallybaked or message me through the website at casuallybaked.com, and I'll share the deets. And as always, it takes a village. Keep sharing your can of curious questions, personal stories, and feedback with me. I'm grateful to be changing the face of the cannabis culture with you and normalizing the use of plant medicine for wellness. It feels really good, right? I hope you can see that what we're doing is working because from where I stand, I see it changing every day. So keep Puff Puff passing it on. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. 
I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canada podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.